Hello, and welcome to Birth of Family Church Podcast. We trust that you'll find an encouraging word to strengthen your walk with the Lord. And if you're visiting the area, or if you're looking for a good church home, come check us out at birthedfamilychurch.org. There you can find our location and service times. Thanks again for tuning in. God bless. Into our subject matter from last time, I think it was the 20th of October, we were looking at the fruit of our recreated human spirit. Go ahead and get your Bibles out. We're going to start here in John 15, 8, and get things rolling tonight. How many of you know that God is glorified when we produce fruit? Doesn't fruit on a natural tree bring glory to the tree? Doesn't it bring glory to that tree? Well, that's what our the fruit of our recreated spirit does. It, it gives glory to God. Because we can only produce that fruit by drawing on the life that he gives us through his son, through the Holy Spirit, and through the word of God. Here in the 8th verse of John 15, it says that my father, this is Jesus speaking, he says, my father is glorified. Now, that's one thing that, that I have set out to do all my Christian life because what I had was nothing without God and then when I received all that he had and all that he gave me I wanted to show some gratitude and so producing fruit was something that I desired to do and so he says that God is glorified the our father in heaven is glorified when we bear much fruit I'd have to believe that from this scripture that the more fruit we produce through him, by him, the more glory we give him. And, and so we're looking at fruit and we've defined that as good works to others. You know, you've heard songs that sing about this. God doesn't have any hands on earth. And so if he's going to give somebody God has to use our hands to give. Amen? He's got to use our mouth to, to share and, and, to, and to be his mouthpiece. He needs us. So he's glorified when we're using that love that we are towards others. It bears glory to him. Now, understand that we've been talking about the love nature, and this is one thing that you and I need to get settled in our hearts is that if we're going to produce fruit for God if we're going to represent him and bear fruit to reach out to those around us we have to do it by drawing on that nature of love that he's placed in us uh, I want you to go over to Romans 5 5 and I think this is from the the ESV version you got the King James up on the screen it says that this hope, Romans 5, 5, this hope will not disappoint us because God's love, everybody say God's love. So this isn't a human love. This isn't a earthly type of love. This is a heavenly love. This is God's love. He says that his love has been poured out in our heart 
by the Holy Spirit who he has given to us. You see, our new birth, our being born into God's kingdom through this spiritual birth completely changed our nature on the inside. We had a nature of selfishness. We had a, a nature that directly opposed God. And when we invited Jesus into our heart, the Holy Spirit, through the regeneration, the resurrection of our inner man, our spirit, that which was lost and separated from God, was made brand new, and we received his love nature. Do you see that? It says that God's love has been poured into our hearts. So the moment that the Holy Spirit came into our life, whenever that wonderful day was, when we asked Jesus to be our Lord, you and I received the nature of God. And that nature is love. Hallelujah. That truth has to be real to us. To the point where we are convinced that we can love anybody. Amen? The fruit that we're going to produce to give glory to God will be an expression of that God kind of love. That's what he said to his disciples. He says that all will know you, that you're my disciples, by the love you show for one another. Hallelujah. So it's really a billboard, and I really think that that's why God is glorified. Because our act of love and producing fruit with love, the love that we now are, draws attention to Jesus. Draws attention to God. Draws attention to God's kingdom on the earth. Well, let's go ahead and trust the Lord for revelation tonight. We want to welcome those that are watching out there in Streamland or maybe even by a recording. We're glad that you're hooking up with us tonight. We're glad that you're here. Uh, I would suggest getting your Bible out or your, your Bible app on your phone or desktop or laptop or iPad so you can see the scriptures for yourself. It, I'm telling you, it helps a lot. We're believing for revelation for you. We're believing for God's biggest and greatest and best to be yours through Jesus Christ. And because you're sitting at his feet tonight, that makes it easy for him to bless you. Hallelujah. So here we go. We're going to trust him for revelation. Father, thank you for the word of God. We thank you that the word of God is a blueprint for victorious living. When we follow your precepts, when we follow the principles in your book, the Bible, especially the epistles, when we become a doer of that word that we hear, Lord, we are blessed. And so tonight, we're looking for that which we can apply. We're looking for that which we can do. That your word would be an expression from our heart through our behavior. And in that, automatically, your blessings come upon us and overtake us. We accept that and receive that in Jesus' name. Amen. I'm glad I'm in church tonight. Woo! Glory to God. So you heard what the scripture says about God. It says that God is love. 
because that's what he's made of. That's his nature. It would help us to see ourselves through the new birth that you and I now are love. You see, we're made from the substance of heaven now on the inside. It's interesting that heaven is on the inside of us as our outer man interacts with the earth and the world. And so when we live from within, that place that is heavenly, then heaven will be expressed through our behavior. And if we'll, when we'll just embrace that we are love, because you know the world is in love and then it's out of love. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. <laughs> the, the world's kind of love has an expiration date on it, just like that, that bottle of milk in your refrigerator. And that's how the world's love is. Because it's based on worldly things, which is always temporary. And, and a lot of what the world calls love is just an emotion anyway, and emotions are up and down. Hallelujah. But you see, when you start seeing that you don't possess love, but you are love, That means that no matter what you face, no matter what I face, you and I can express love towards it. Because we are it. We are it. We are his love. Hallelujah. Now, as we talked about two weeks ago, God's love is always expressed through actions. Right? Jesus demonstrated his love for us by dying on the cross. And the God kind of love is always expressed in actions. Hallelujah. It's not just a feeling. It's not simply an emotion. It's not just expressed with words. I mean, really, if you think about it, it really doesn't mean a whole lot when you go up to someone and say, I love you. But if you express your love to them, then it's tangible. It's, it's, it's fortified with evidence. And if you're like me, there, there, we, we encounter times where it doesn't look like we can love a person. Now, every one of us is in some shape or form, there's been somebody, and there may be multiple buddies, that hurt us. Yeah. That took advantage of us. And that hurt and that emotion is still much evident in our perception of them. And when we start talking like we are tonight, that we are love and we can love anybody, just like God can love anybody, some, it doesn't really always look doable. And even the moment of me now talking about someone that has wronged you, your mind has already, got, has already identified one or more people yeah. in your life. Yeah. 
And for the most part, there's someone that is close to you. Because someone can't really hurt you unless you're vulnerable to them. If a stranger comes and, well, I've had it, this happen multiple times, my driving isn't the best, and I've, I've gotten the, that salute many times with a finger gesture. Well, <laughs> it wasn't you. It certainly wasn't. You know what I'm saying. Yeah, that, that bothers me when that happens because I realize I probably did something wrong and, you know, I don't like to do things wrong. But it doesn't really, I don't carry that for much longer than until I forget about it. But if someone that you love, someone that you have a relationship with, somebody that you're invested in does something that hurts you, then that remembrance of that, it has a tendency to stick with us. Come on now. I'm getting to down there in that place where you and I live. And it's up to us to access who we are and the nature we now are. And get to that place where we're no longer being manipulated by that hurt and we're no longer harboring, you know, these thoughts of how to get even. And, you know, you, you know exactly what I'm talking about. Many of us will, 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 will say, well, I'm never going to go see that person again. I don't care what they do. You know, we, 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 we draw a line in the sand and say, they're over there and I'm here and that's the way it's going to be. So when we talk about this fruit of love and loving the unlovely, there are some challenges to this. There are times when it seems like we just can't love the unlovely. And I know what I'm talking about because I've been there. Hallelujah. You know, Brother Hagen talks about an experience he had that, that has really helped me. And I'd like to share it tonight because I feel that it's, it's a word picture, it's a personal experience that I think that each one of us is going to be able to relate to. And so, in a service, Brother Hagen, who was a traveling minister for many times, uh, you know, traveling to churches like Birthed Family Church, he was following a scripture to emphasize walking in love to fellow believers. And he cited 1 John chapter 3, verse 14. Let's, let's start there, and so we can kind of get perspective of what was going on in this, this story. Here in 1 John, he began to preach on that we know I like when, when, when in the epistles it talks about a knowing. Amen? You and I deal with truth. You and I deal with reality. 
So we know that what has happened through receiving Jesus, we have passed out of death unto life. And then there's proof of that. There's proof that you and I have passed from life, or we've passed from death unto life, is because we have the ability to love. Say this, I've passed out of death, and I'm now alive. Therefore, I can love. It's interesting how it says the brethren. It's interesting that when you go through the Gospels and, and, and a lot of preaching with Jesus, he talks about loving the brothers. If a brother has ought against you, it doesn't say if a sinner man has ought against you. And so here John is telling us that we prove that we've been born again because we can love Every Christian. And then it says that who does not love, and we know it's the brethren, those in Christ, it says that you abide in death. So here's Brother Hagen preaching on this. And people were listening to this verse of Scripture. This is a pretty in-your-face Scripture. Yeah. Wouldn't you say? This is pretty intense. You're, if you're, you're a Christian now, so you love. And if you don't, you're not a Christian. And, and look at how he emphasizes this, the Holy Spirit through John emphasizes this, everyone, how many people? How many, how many Christians? Everyone who hates his brother or sister, fellow Christian, is a what? A murderer. And you know, <laughs> if you're a murderer, you don't have eternal life in you. Meaning that you're not born again. Verse 16. By this we know love. Here we're going to have a definition of love. That he laid down his life for us, therefore or wherefore, because he did that, we ought to lay down our lives for who? Now, you see, I'm not going to go into this extensively and teach on this, but it's a thought that I want you and I to embrace. We're not told to give our life to the world. Jesus already did that. Now, we can be kind and loving and, you know, endeavor to help them to see God through our relationship with them. But the priority is, is to lay down your life 
to maintain the body of Christ. Ephesians talks about using the love of God to maintain uh, and, to, and to protect against strife and division, to keep unity. That's the word I'm looking for. And that's vitally important to the Lord. So, after he preached on this, that if you don't love your brother, you're going to hell. The pastor's wife was baffled. He's preaching in this guy's church, and, and, and the pastor's wife was so condemned that while they were out to lunch together, she began to question Brother Hagen about that verse. And so she says, does that mean that, that if a believer hates somebody, doesn't love somebody, that they're not a Christian? And he goes, yep, that's right. Well, now she's really upset. Because then he quoted verse 15. Everyone who hates his brother is a murderer. And you know that no murderer has eternal life abiding in them. And so... He looked at her and says, why do you ask the question? And she says, because I hate my mother-in-law. <laughs> well, if you knew Brother Hagen, he would always take advantage of, you know, conversations like this. Because he knew that she was born again. He knew she was filled with the Spirit. He knew she had eternal life abiding in her. He knew that the love of God was in her and that her nature was love. But yet, I hate my mother-in-law. Apparently, she married a mama's boy, and this, this mother was still pampering her child, and there was kind of a rub there. I just, I just hate her. So Brother Hagin says, well, I guess, guess you're not going to heaven then, are you? He kept, he kept going along with it, you know, to get her to see, you know, what this hatred towards her mother-in-law was like. understand we'll get back to the story i want us to get this truth that god's love is in our heart it's not in our emotions it's not in our feelings it's certainly not in our perceptions and Many believers who have this love in their heart, like this woman, 
Many believers allow their flesh. Remember, we are a spirit. We have a mind, will, and emotions, and we live in this body. Your mind is not you. Your body is not you. You are an eternal spirit being on the inside. But what happens, because Christians don't renew their minds, their flesh can dominate them through our emotions ruling us. Let me say it this way. Many believers allow their flesh their unrenewed mind and emotions to rule them or to make decisions from. You see, this woman chose to hate her mother-in-law. Because apparently her mother-in-law's behavior was, was belittling her, making her think that, you know, she wasn't good enough. For her boy. And that's why the mother had to keep, you know, helping him out. Because he married you. That, that hurts. I, I know my mom did it to Marianne. Because she was the second lady to come along and marry her little boy, Bruce. And she was still holding the tor torch for the first one especially an Italian from New York. You know, there's, there was just a rub there. But my wife, she, she never let it get to her. She was amazing. You see, a lot of us think that we're just mere human beings. And these things that we're experiencing, we allow them to be, become what we think as a reality. And it doesn't look like that we can surpass or get through them. Look over here in 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 1. Now, you know about the Corinthian church, right? Well, if not, you and I are going to look at it right now. I'm reading from the Christian Standard Bible. Uh, the King James will be a little bit different, but... It begins in verse 1, 1 Corinthians 3, 1. He says, brothers, so this is, these are talking to those that have the nature of love. I was not able to speak to you as spiritual people. That's an ouch, hallelujah. Can you imagine sitting under someone whom you respect and they say, I'd like to tell you this, but you're just not ready for it. I've been in that spot several times when I was going to school. Well, why were they unable, why was he unable to speak to them? He says they weren't spiritually minded, but they were people of their flesh or carnally minded because they were babies. Now, you all know what babies are like. Huh? They get pretty cranky. And 
if, they don't, if they're not getting their way, you're going to know about it. He says in verse 2, I gave you milk to drink, milk of the word, and not solid food, solid physical, or excuse me, spiritual food, because you were not able yet to receive it. In fact, <laughs> you're still not ready. Why? Because you are still fleshy. Now understand that when it talks about someone who's fleshy, it means that they're carnal. Notice how the, the King James says you are yet carnal. Carnal just simply means that your flesh rules. You're ruled by what your flesh desires. You're ruled by your emotions. You're moved by what you see and what you experience and what you think. You know, a lot of things that we think about another person is that we're really not taking in consideration of why they did what they did towards us. We don't know what they were going through at the time. You know? Now, there's some out there that do things on purpose and they do it with malice. They're just sick people. They are. I'm talking about those that, that are going through life and they're going through a rough patch and, and somehow they do something while in that state of mind and it hurts. It's, it's interesting how the devil always stirs up exaggerations when we think about what someone done to us. We consider all sorts of things. We're all prone to that. And then we just accept them as what really happened. But you know, we really don't know, do we? We don't know. So look at this. He says, you were still carnal. Well, how did he know they were carnal? Could he look into their spirit and see? No, of course not. He tells us why they were carnal, why he judged them as babies. Because you guys are envying amongst yourselves. You have strife among yourselves. You're creating division. I'm coming to this church, and I got some guy sitting on one side that won't speak to the guy sitting on the other side. Doesn't this mean that you're carnal? And you're, working, you're walking and living like a, a normal person that hasn't received Christ? And so you and I can begin to see when we're not in that place of love. Can't we? There's people that, that we may be envying. We, we may be, there may be some people out there that, that, that we're entering into strife about. Well, they did this, and we're out there telling people about it. Do you know that when we start gossiping about somebody else, that you're forcing that person to, to pick between you or them? Because if they start agreeing with you, you've now drawn a line of separation between the two of you and the other person. 
That's why gossip is so detrimental. I should have got an amen right there. I said gossip is very detrimental. Hallelujah. Amen. So I'm, I'm giving you a picture of where this pastor's wife was. Was she unsaved? No. Was she carnal? Yeah. And so if I'm unwilling to forgive somebody, if I'm unwilling to love somebody, then that's evidence that in that area, I'm being carnal. I'm being fleshy. And all of this really wraps itself up in the pride of our flesh. You see, when I make things about me, if I'm complaining about someone, what am I doing? I'm saying, they did that to me. Me. What's that? That's pride. Pride, <laughs> pride is a place that we have to work on every day. Because that, that nature is still in our flesh. And it's still in certain places of our unremoved, unrenewed mind that we got to bring under subjection to our inner man. So these Corinthians, like this pastor's wife, were allowing their flesh to govern them. But you know, that's not us, right? I said that's not, that, we're not talking about us. We're, we're not that way. Amen? Because we're aware of who we are in Christ. And we are aware of the nature of love that we now are and possess. Therefore, what do we do? We walk in love towards others. So back to this story. Brother Hagen allowed this woman to think there while she was trying to eat her dinner at the restaurant that she was on her way to hell. And so finally he decided, well, I've let her sweat enough. And so he wanted to determine, okay, how can I show her that her outer man is the one? That, that is her flesh and her mind that this hatred was emanating from and not from her heart. So he told this woman, I want you to do me a favor. I, I want you to say it again. I hate my mother-in-law. And when you say that, I want you to tell me what's going on on the inside of you when you say that. Isn't that an interesting thought? To monitor our actions and our words with our inner man, discern it and judge it. So she said there at the, at the restaurant table there, she says, I hate my mother-in-law. And he says, well, what do you feel down here? She says, I feel something scratching me. 
Isn't that funny? Scratching. Kind of like the red flag going up. He says, that's your spirit. You see, you have the love of God inside of you. And when you're acting outside of that love, it contradicts your heart and its nature. And you can sense that if you look for it. And so he began to help her to see that, that she is love, that she's just chosen to violate and ignore that love and do what her flesh wants to do. And so she was being carnal and like a baby in reference to that relationship with that one person. You know, there was this, this lady came up to the minister and she said, uh, I, I want you to pray for me. The minister says, sure. What, 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 what do you want me to pray for? She says, I want you to cast this old, unforgiven spirit out of me. Well, what makes you think you got an unforgiving spirit inside of you? Well, I got this next-door neighbor, and, and, and she's... You know, it's amazing how people will unload on somebody like it happened yesterday and really it happened years ago. Well, she did this and she did that and they told you every little detail about all what this person did. Well, they've been thinking about this a lot, for a lot of years. And finally she puttered, sputtered to a stop and said, so I can't forgive her. I just can't forgive her. I, just, I must have an unforgiven spirit. And he looked at her and said, uh, are you married? Oh, yeah, I'm married. Well, does your husband ever do something that irritates you? Oh, yeah, he's, he's a pain. Well, well, yeah, that's what Mary would say, right? Um, he says, well, do you ever forgive him? Well, of course, I have to forgive my husband. He says, well, I thought you, you had an unforgiven spirit in you. Oh can forgive. He goes, yeah, you, you choose to forgive him, but you're unwilling to forgive her. <laughs> so Brother Hagen was talking to this uh, pastor's wife, and he, he, he told her, you know, you can love her. You just have to make that decision. You have to choose to do it. I mean, could you see Jesus up on the cross? I'm up there dying for Bruce. Yeah, but, you know, look what, he's, look what he did. I don't know. You know, he didn't go through every person and, and choose. Choose to or choose not to. He just ch chose to forgive us all, regardless of how bad we were. He didn't look at it emotionally. He says, I'm love and love gives to the unlovely. I don't think about it. See, we love because of who we are. We don't love because of who they are. See, we're looking at the wrong thing. 
We're looking at them. We shouldn't be looking at them. What, what, what do they got to do with it? Nothing. But that's what the devil always focuses on. See, what Brother Hagen is he got this woman to see who she was and what she had and what she was empowered to do. And then she chose to love her husband's mom. And as the story progressed, and she got over herself and loved her unconditionally, she found out she was really a, a cool lady. And, and began to see the good things that she brought to the table. And, and began to have a, a, a fruitful relationship with her. You see, the love of God is in us. It's where? It's in us. It's not in this. It's not up here. It's in our spirit. But we've got to be careful. This outer man can influence us. Not to yield to our heart. So it's up to us to walk in the knowledge of God and override our emotions and the excuses we come up with, why not to love a person? You see, anybody can justify anything in life. So walking in the God kind of love is a decision, it's a choice. We'll finish with 1 John 4, 7. 1 John 4, 7. begins with beloved. Do you know that you're the beloved? What does beloved mean? It means that we are loved of God. We're the beloved. We're the ones in whom he loves. Now look at the first couple of words here. Let us love. Let us love. That means it's a choice. Loving the unlovely is a choice that we can all make. And remember, we talked about this last time, love has different ways to love. But when it comes down to forgiveness, that's an expression we all have to make towards everybody that has violated us. Let us do what? Love one another. For love is the way of God. See, his ways are higher than our ways. And everyone that's loving is proof that you're born of God and has a relationship with God. Amen. Now, I, I know that when we talk about these things that someone always seems to come to mind. So it, it would seem that while the iron is hot, we should probably deal with that, shouldn't we? Huh? Especially if 
there is any kind of note or degree or air of unforgiveness towards this person. That excuse that we can't forgive that person is no longer valid because we now know from Scripture that we can. We have chosen to hold that grudge. We've we have chosen to hold what they did against them, thinking that that's some way is going to get even with that person. Yeah. No, that just holds us in bondage. We love, we forgive, because that's what God would do, and therefore that's what we will do. Amen? So go ahead and bow your heads, and I don't know what's going on in your life, but if there's somebody that you seem like you always find yourself talking about them, Judging them. Yeah, they did this. They did that. Maybe it's something that happened years ago. Maybe when you were still living under the care of your parents. And they did something that, that hurt you, violated you, caused you a lot of pain. Maybe even put your life on this course that, that, that was always a yoke and a burden. You know, I, I don't know. But you know. So, uh, Go ahead and just talk to God. If you need to forgive that person, just do it. There's some people that I've forgiven multiple times because I just kept allowing myself to fall back to that place where I was judging them. I just kept doing it. I just kept doing it. Like, speak, like speaking to symptoms in my body. I just keep doing it. Until what I do is coming from my heart and I get the, I get the victory. So, Father, right now, as, as we're considering those individuals, help us, help us to see what we should do. Help us to forgive them. Help us to release them. Help us to see uh, that, that us talking about them is proof that we're not loving them. Help us to get free now. In Jesus' name. So go ahead and act on that right now. It'll, it'll, you know, it only takes a moment to forgive. It only takes a moment to, to, you know, when you make a choice and then you do it, it's done. Hallelujah. Well, I trust you, you got it done, right? It's a decision, and once you make that decision, you act on that decision in the spirit. I trust you out there. <laughs> you took care of business. Now we just have to maintain that. And so just keep meditating on that Romans 5.5. 5. Uh, meditate on this 1 Corinthians 3. Or not 1 Corinthians 3, excuse me. 1 John chapter 3, verses 14 through 16. And then also this 1 John 4.7. Let us love one another because love is from God. Father, help us to, to walk in love. Help us to treat others the way you have treated us. And in that, you're getting glory from that love fruit that we're causing to be made manifest. It gives you glory, and it's advertisement for Jesus Christ. Thank you for it now. In Jesus' name we pray. Everyone believing said, Amen. Amen. Thanks for coming out tonight, you guys.